Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and we are doing a very specific discussion of Bruce Springsteen tonight. We are talking filmmaking and kickstarting and documenting the fan experience with my new friend, David Barry. David, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jesse. It's really great to be here. Yeah, uh, so we're going to get into this. David has a project that I am ecstatic about. He and I have been talking about this for almost a month. A little Uh, over a month. We're going to get into specifics, but in general terms, tell us a little about yourself, David. Thank you, Jesse. My name is Dave Barry. I am a filmmaker, uh, but more important to this process, I am a Springsteen fan. Music has been at the core of my life, really, since I was 10, 11 years old. That's when I first discovered Bruce Springsteen. And a year after that is when I discovered U2. And those two bands, those two artists have been with me my entire life. They've informed everything that I've done. I got into film and television, and this was in the 1990s, actually. So I've been working in film for 30 years now. In that time, I started like anybody else. I was a production assistant, and then I learned how to do audio, and then I learned how to do camera and editing and worked my way up and finally was producing little things, and then finally I became a director. About 12 years ago, I started making films, really more than that, gosh, it's about 15 years ago, I started making films that were really about music. I've made 10 feature-length documentaries that all tell musical stories. Some of them were about the artists that I knew in Hawaii. I lived uh, on the island of Maui for 15 years. And I was very blessed and fortunate to get to know some of the best Hawaiian musicians. And they really introduced me to the culture. And I learned the place that music had in that culture. It's a very special thing in Hawaii because the music is actually what carries the history and the culture forwards. So documenting it became something that was very special and important to me because it wasn't just telling the story of a pop artist or something. This was important stuff. But that's what I cut my teeth on in making feature-length documentaries. And I've made 10 of those where I, I took a Hawaiian musician and allowed them to tell the story of their music, but through their experiences. So we gave them the chance to tell their story while they were still living, which was very important to do. Now, we come to the Springsteen Project, which is called Tramps Like Us, and it's going to be about, it's really the story of the the relationship that Bruce's fans have with the boss, the music, and each other. And I got the idea for doing this because I have some experience doing it. I I did a a similar thing for U2 that started in 2017. How I got the idea for that is that I had been a, a fan, like I said, my entire life. And I was at a U2 show in 2001. First time ever on the floor for a concert, right? I've never had a chance to be on the floor for any show, for anybody. And I was standing next to uh, some young kids. And by this time, I was like 30 years old. I'd been working in television for a while. And these young 16-year-old kids were just, because they were going to get to see their new heroes play Beautiful Day, right? They had no idea about the history. They had no idea about Sunday, Bloody Sunday, Pride, the Joshua Tree even. None of this stuff. But I had lived through all of that. And I realized that it was a generational story, which is very true for Bruce Springsteen as well. So it took me about 15 years to figure out how to make that movie. And then I made that. While I was making that, over that period of time, Springsteen and I came out. And I thought that was a a nice film. It was very brave to do at the time to ask people to send in footage and, and try and cut something together. 
And about four years later, I did Dream Out Loud, which was the U2 project. And while I was making that, there's a lot of crossover in those fan bases. A lot of Springsteen fans like U2, a lot of U2 fans like Bruce Springsteen. Sure. Which is really, the two of them are friends too. Two and, and Bruce are, are close. So it, it makes sense, right? A lot of people told me I should do the same thing for the Springsteen community. And I said, I've been a Bruce fan longer than a U2 fan actually, but the Springsteen and I film came out and I thought it was decent. What I learned when I made Dream Out Loud is I set out to interview 100 people and I ended up interviewing over 200 that were ranging in age from 12 to 74 and they represented 25 countries. And so when I put this film together, what I realized is by doing a project with this approach, you get this amazing cross section of what that fan base and what that community is really like. And it becomes more of an international conversation. And that is not what Springsteen and I was about, right? Springsteen and I was much more about individual experiences that we could relate to, but it didn't feel as international, as wide ranging. And of course, that was how many years ago now? That was yeah. uh, 17 years ago, almost, or 10, 10 years ago, 11 years, 11 yeah. years ago it was. So yeah. a lot has changed in that time. Yeah, and what I think is interesting is, and obviously me doing a Springsteen podcast, I have a small project going on asking everyone who's been on the show and I'm going through and trying to put on Google Maps a dot for everyone who's visited with me to see the breadth of people and how many countries I've had people visit. But as I do this podcast, there are themes. I see consistent themes. Siblings are a very consistent theme about you either influencing your younger siblings or your older siblings influencing you. I, if you're a if you're an East Coast sports writer, there's a good chance you're a Springsteen fan. And then I also make this, and I only am halfway tongue-in-cheek, I don't have a, a percentage, but there is a significant amount of people who grew up in the East Coast that discovered Bruce through summer camp. Either yes. a roommate had a summer camp, had a Springsteen album or a counselor had. And, and there's enough to talk about. We all have that shared experience of loving him live. But I think there is, as he talks about, this has been a conversation between right. him and his audience. And I think the idea of professionally capturing some of these stories will weave a very entertaining and informative uh, narrative. So That's exactly what I'm hoping to do. People had asked me about doing it, and I, out of reverence for Springsteen and I, had always deferred. And then tickets for these last shows and everything over the past year or so, and I've been following it all closely. And when he got sick and he had to postpone some, it was like a, it was like a thunderstruck moment for me where clear as a bell, I I just felt like it was time to really do this because I had learned so much from what I had just done. And I understand how to put a film like this together now and and where, how to make it different and how to make it special and unique. But more importantly, I just felt if not now, when, and if not who, why not us? So I just felt 
really moved to do it. And that's when I started to reach out to people. And I spoke with some uh, folks online. I spoke to you and met you and we've had a conversation about it. But I, I completely agree with you because it was my older brother that turned me on to Bruce Springsteen. My older brother was listening to him in the, he probably got on that train uh, around darkness on the edge of town, maybe even born to run. And I remember him going to the No Nukes concerts. We were living in North Jersey. So getting into New York City was just a bus ride in. And he went. And, and then a couple of years later, uh, Hungry Heart came out on the radio. And that was the song that made me go, wow, this is really cool. So I was very familiar with him, but I really loved that song. And I still love it. But that opened the door. And then I've, it's been a almost 50-year conversation since then that Bruce and I have been having. <laughs> and I relate to that idea. Yeah. So listeners, just to pull the curtain back, Dave's going to be joining me in a series of episodes as we go through this campaign. In a few minutes, we're going to talk about how you can be part of this, not only with your support financially, but actually to be part of this film. But I, I told him, I will set the expectation that right now you're busy, but after the Kickstarter campaign, you are going to join me for a regular set listing Bruce. Oh, episode. absolutely. I would love to do it. <laughs> yeah, so where we, we should do it during about. the campaign and, yeah, and you can air it at a later date because that, that I, I, I love talking Bruce and I love talking yeah. music. So why, based on your experience, why do you think, why do you feel Kickstarter is the right method to help fund this type of project? There's a couple of reasons for that. First of all, I wish I could just do it on my own, but I'm a, I'm an artist. Most artists aren't wealthy and don't have a lot of money. I have the experience. I have all the equipment that I need. But making a film, if you're going to do it for real, is a tremendous commitment of time and resources, energy. Making a film like this will take easily a year of my life, and I will live it. I will the whole time. It will be pretty much the only thing that I'm doing other than some pickup gigs here and there to keep the electricity on. So I need to raise some money to do it because it's expensive to get around and do things. And it's not like just throwing some clothes in a duffel bag and going when you've got two cameras and audio gear and lights and all these things. For this film, I want to get over to Europe and, and be able to film in London and Ireland. And the reason I picked those countries is I think that uh, fans from the other European countries will already be traveling there anyway. And I have a lot of friends in London and in Ireland that can help me build a base camp and get things done. But it, it requires resources to do this. Now, Kickstarter is great for a couple of reasons. First of all, it helps you build a community around it, right? I'm, yes. I'm meeting people. I, I just met you. I, I've met Howie over at Spring Nuts. I'm, I'm meeting all these people and you're building a team and a coalition that kind of coalesces around this idea that's important to all of us. And you find common groups shifts through doing this and that's powerful and it's important to do the other reason why kickstarter is important is because it i should say another reason not the other reason but another reason that kickstarter is important is because it allows me to get in front of a lot of people who might be looking at the project and they go wow I, i've always dreamed of being able to tell my story i've just never thought it was possible now it becomes possible. But because it's a social-based thing where you're posting about it and sharing it and asking other people to share it, it gets the word out there, right? Much more so than I can. 
You think about like your Facebook group and the folks that support you. You think about Spring Nuts and some of the other groups. Their platforms are much larger than mine as an individual. And it helps get the word out about it and it builds excitement. And the last thing it does is it gives fans a chance to be a part of it. It gives you a chance to participate. Now you do it on Kickstarter from a, just a filmmaker standpoint, because if you're telling a story like this, I don't want any decisions about content in it being based on what uh, a focus group or somebody in marketing thinks is the right thing to do. I don't think that even myself as the filmmaker, like I take ownership of it. The story will go where we as a collective group of fans choose to take it. And that's why I say it's very important to me that anybody that wants to participate will be able to participate. Anybody who wants to tell their story, you're not going to have to audition. It's not a a thing where we look at somebody and go, "Ah, I don't know if that's good. No, everybody can be put into it. And there's a way to weave it all together. And that's incredibly important to me because I don't feel that this film is just a piece of entertainment or just something for fans to look at and go, what a wonderful life I've had with Bruce's music. No, this is going to be historic because nobody else has had a relationship like this with their audience. And whether we want to admit it or not, and I hate saying this, but it will end. Yes. Uh, yes. And we hope for not for years and years. Exactly. But, but it's yes, just, there that's is. why I feel a sense of urgency that it's time to get this down. Because it's not just about Bruce's health either or the band's health. As fans, we're getting older. I'm going to be 55 in a week. There are fans that are in their 70s now, and their stories are relevant and important. Yeah, and so I did want to, we're going to get to the different levels and how people can support it in a minute. And there's a special set listing Bruce level that we will talk about as well. Absolutely. But I also just wanted, if you could give just a brief vision because you've mentioned flying to Europe you've talked about going to other shows so talk a little bit you've shared it with me your idea is you're going to go where the band I want to be where the bands are you want to be where the fans are you're going to go and film people at these locations setting up talking so tell me a little bit about that Dave That's really important to me, and I'll tell you why. We're all adults now. We're busy with our day jobs and our families and the the pressures of everyday life. And what I think happens is when a tour gets announced, everybody gets excited, and they start to – some have the means to travel and some do not, right? But people coalesce around the shows, okay? You get excited about a show now. You're thinking about it when you get the tickets. And now as the lead up and build up, you start to think about it more and more. And you're revisiting all of these experiences and all these thoughts and all these emotions that you've had. When you get to the show, that's where it's at its pinnacle. That's where it's the freshest in your mind. And that's why it makes the most sense that to really have a conversation about what this journey has meant to somebody that's when it makes the most sense is around that. We could do it over the you know next year or something when it's over with, but the focus is different and it, it doesn't feel the same to people as when you put them in the moment and they're thinking about it. Now, logistically, because this is a micro budget documentary, which is anything that's made really under $100,000, right? This is a small budget project. Logistically, it means that if you really want to try and get to as many people as possible, you have to be where they are. Stadium shows, there's going to be 50,000 people there every single night. Now, you're not going to interview 50,000 people, but I expect probably around 200 people 
to be serious enough about this. Everybody will say they want to tell their story, but then they think about it or other things will get in the way and it doesn't happen. But there will be about 200 people who are serious enough about it, who follow through, who contact and, and stay in contact with me and set a time and show up and actually tell their story. And I think that's wonderful. I think that's fantastic. The shows are what allow you to do that. So what I want to do, I want to start off when he starts up in March, which is why we want to run the Kickstarter campaign starting on January 8th, because you've got to run it for about four weeks. And then it takes Kickstarter a little bit of time to actually do their processing. And then you get uh, the money that you raise. And that should happen about the end of February, which gives me enough time to logistically do what I need to be ready to go in March in Phoenix. So I want to go to Phoenix. I want to cover the shows in California. I want to cover the show in Las Vegas, the Southwest. Then I want to head east. The great thing about Bruce Springsteen is because it's so Jersey centric and the Northeast is so easy to get around that once you get to the East Coast, everything from Boston down to D.C. is easy. Even though he's not actually playing at Giant Stadium right now, I can create like a home base in the Jersey area and do, go to the show in New York and also cover everything on the East Coast, get to Cleveland, which is going to draw people from the Midwest, right? So now you're starting to cover a large amount of the U.S. fans. And then we want to go across the Atlantic and cover the shows in, in uh, London and, and in Ireland because there's a bunch of shows in that area and it's easy to get around there and a lot of fans will be there. So it's a it's a not it's about the story always first. Right. You want people in that right mind frame to tell their story. But logistically, it makes a lot of sense too to do it that way. All right, so let's go. So let's, I really appreciate you giving us a little behind the scenes about the thought process. One of the things that I feel good about, quote unquote, giving my blessing to this is you've done this before. Yeah. This is, and I have backed plenty of Kickstarter campaigns that I'm giving a rookie a chance because I believe in the project. But I love the idea that you've done this before. The At least some of the unforeseen snags you're going to know. Yeah. A little bit of how to zig when you, need, you were supposed to zag. So I think that's a really good thought and in, in why I recommend people that look at this and find a level that you feel comfortable with. Let's talk about this. Let me just say yeah. one for further thing sure, about please. Kickstarter real quick. The other reason that I choose Kickstarter, right, I didn't mention it before, but as a filmmaker, it, it, it speaks to what you just said. I take anybody's support incredibly seriously. I am just awed to, it, it's very emotional for me to see the outpouring that comes when I do one of these. And every single pledge is unbelievably important to me. The reason I like Kickstarter is because it's all or nothing. So if we don't hit the $40,000 goal, then nobody's pledges are going to get collected. Now, that's a risk and it's a gamble because you could look at it and say, well, that doesn't mean that means you might not be able to make a film. That's true. But I know that I need that much money to be able to make a film. And I would never want to take $20,000 of people's money and then not be able to give them the very best film I possibly can. So it's a year, it's like almost like high stakes poker where you're pushing all in and saying, okay, this is it. We're, we're going for it. And either we're going to make it or not. I'm very hopeful. Every time I do one of these, it's true. I've been successful on the ones I've run before. 
but every single time I do it, I feel like I don't know whether I'm going to be successful or not. I'm very hopeful. The response I've seen in the community so far is very positive, but you just don't know until you do it. I have no idea what's going to happen starting January 8th when it opens up and we see where it goes. But I hope we can get there because I feel so strongly about this and it's something I I love it. It's been my whole life and, and a story that I, I just really feel needs to be told. Thank you for doing that. I mentioned that because I do, that is one of the things I feel good about is that with Kickstarter, I know that, and they make you put out the risks. They tell you, for those of you who've never been experienced with Kickstarter before, there are the different levels you can support. And then, and the, as the person is telling them about their project, they will explain their risks and what they have and, and what their concerns are. And I always think that's good because often they're going, the risks are pretty minor or what's going on. All right. So 40K is our goal. We're going to talk in a minute about some stretch goals, but let's, why don't we go through the different levels? All right. So for those of you who are listening to the audio uh, portion of this on uh, on my Patreon page, we'll have a list of all of this that you do not have to be a member. Uh, you do not have to be a paid member of Patreon. You just need to have an account, which is free to sign up for to see this. I will also have this on my my Set Lusting Bruce Facebook page. And then as we get down, Dave's going to tell you where you can find all of this. But if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the Tramps Like Us Kickstarter page that is waiting to go live. So take it away, Dave. Okay, so here we are. We're at the Tramps Like Us page. If you're not familiar with Kickstarter, you just it's kickstarter.com. And then the, the actual URL for this, uh, you can see it up on the screen, but it's it's uh, kickstarter.com slash project slash David Barry Films slash tramps dash like dash us. Okay, so that's how you're going to get to the page or you can just do a search for it. You go to Kickstarter and just do a search for tramps like us and it'll come up. So this is a basic Kickstarter page. If you're new to it, you just sign up for an account. It's like signing up for any other kind of e-commerce account. You have an Amazon account. Everybody does. It's the same kind of thing. You sign up for it. They're going to ask you for uh, some information and an email address, and and then you can find the project, right? So then we scroll down and we can look at the project. On the left side is the story. At the very top is a video that you can watch, and it's like my pitch video. Well, you hear about the project and hear from me. Then down on the left side, all the way down, is just the story of the project, okay? It's it's like a treatment for a film, and it's it's really cool. I'm very proud of it. It turned out really good. What's important to me is down here. I believe in total transparency on this. So I have links to PDFs for the treatment on the film. What an actual cost if I was being hired by somebody, if this wasn't a passion project for me. Newsflash, it's more than double than what I'm trying to raise, okay? Um, filmmaking is expensive. Um, and then there's a, a link as to how I can do it on such a small budget then, because you'd want to look at it and say, if it's going to cost more than double, then why is he only looking to you know raise 40000 I explain how I can do that, okay? And all those links are there, and that's really important to me because I, I feel like people should know that they can trust me in that process. Now, if you look at the right side of the screen, that's where you'll see all the rewards, okay? And you can make a pledge for any amount as low as a dollar, 
and it, and, and it can go up from there. The first one, what I've done is all the awards are chosen and named for Springsteen songs, except for one very special one. And we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. So we start off for $25. There's a Thunder Road reward, which is a wristband that says Tramps Like Us on it. And you get a sticker of the film's art. Okay. Down below that, then we get to 10th Avenue Freeze Out for $50 and you get the sticker, a wristband, and a digital download of the film, which will be in 4K or 1080 if you need it in 1080, but it'll, it'll be in 4K. Below that, we get to Tramps Like Us. That's $75. For that, you get a, a Tramps Like Us film crew t-shirt and you get a digital download. Moving on beyond that, we get to Badlands. That's at $100. And for that, you get the collector's Blu-ray disc and a digital download. And the reason I did that, most people, we watch everything streaming now, except for the fact that as fans, we like to collect things. We like to have physical merchandise that we can collect. And this, yes, will, be a collect this will be a collector's item. I'm only going to make enough of those to fulfill the, the Kickstarter order. So you're, you're, I would imagine I'm not going to make more than... 400, maybe 500 maximum make anymore after that. Not of this Kickstarter versioning. And, and I think that's really cool. It's made just for the people who are backing the project. Down below that, this is our special one. For $100, we have limited to four people, thanks to Jesse. There is a Set Lusting with Bruce podcast episode. And Jesse, why don't you talk to us about your idea for that? Because that's really, it's your brainchild. Sure. So... You might be thinking, gosh, Jesse, you have people on the podcast all the time. What does the $100 get me? The $100 gets you, not only are you helping the film, which is incredibly important, um, but this also will allow you to be the host and I am your producer. Let's say you have a good friend that you've been trying to talk to about Bruce or you want to have you want to have a bunch of your buddies or your siblings join me i will help coordinate it i will record it i will edit it we will do everything and i if if you don't want me on i won't even talk during the podcast this is just totally a you chance and maybe there's a bunch of siblings that go to shows together and this would be a way for us to record it and grab it so I think that would be really fun. I think it's a good thing to do. And I will throw in a Set Lusting Bruce t-shirt if someone wants to take this level. That's pretty awesome. I love this idea and I'll tell you why. In the spirit of somebody who makes films independently, I get told all the time by people that they're amazed that I actually go out there and do this because so many people have an idea for something and so few people really actually follow up and actually do it. We talked about this on the phone in our first conversation. I love what you do because you're actually creating something. You're out there doing it. And there's so many people who have ideas, but they just think, I don't know how to get started with it. I don't know how to do it. This opportunity for somebody to learn how to do something like that and be helped through doing a first thing like that. And I think that's incredibly generous of you. Thank you, Jesse. But I also think for... Just from a creator's standpoint, I, I think it's a tremendous opportunity and a great gift you're giving them. So thank you for that. No problem. And, and you'll also get the, the digital download of the film with this. If we move on past that one, thank you, Jesse. Yes. We go down to Hungry Heart. 
which is the song that got me into Bruce, right? And for that, you get a nice eight by 10 print of the film's artwork and the digital download. And again, that's going to be limited edition. There's only going to be, I'm only going to make the ones that I need to print for this. There'll probably just be a couple hundred of them. Um, I'm going to pause you there. What I like about this is if you are not a, let's say you don't have a Blu-ray player anymore, or you want this digital, but you want something of to hold yes. in your hand, physical media, having that collectors is something that I think is a good way to put in your den or your music room to show that you helped helped part yeah. be part that's of right. this. Yes. That you were a part of it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. Moving on. Then we go to the promised land. That's $200 and you get the Blu-ray, the shirt and a digital download for that. And then $250 is Jungle Land. And for that, I'm going to have a the collector's Blu-ray, the digital download. And I'm also going to create something that's either going to be a picture book or it's going to be an additional video uh, for the making of the film. Now, I'd love to be able to do a coffee table book, but it's going to depend on the media that I can produce while I'm producing the film. It's either going to be a book or a behind-the-scenes video okay. uh, that people will get. Um, Good. Uh, then at $400 is Trapped, uh, and for that, it's the Blu-ray, the making of the film, the digital download, and a shout-out during the credits. You're able to actually be on screen for 15 seconds. Maybe you want to thank Bruce. Maybe you want to say something to somebody. Most people tend to want to be able to thank Bruce with that or say something about the meaning of a song or an experience or something like that but it's actually in the credits while the credits are rolling you'll be up on the screen just you and that's gonna be like your 15 seconds in the film that's awesome uh, because the night at five is a blu-ray the making of the film a digital download and we'll film you at one of the shows or if there's if you're not going to be at a show but there's something else that is makes sense or related we'll get that into the film it's a little different than the credits thing, but it's, it's full screen. It's not, it's right. not, it's not while the credits are rolling. It's actually in the film. Okay. Then moving on from there, we get into the producers and executive producer roles. Racing in the streets, you get a producer's credit. So that comes up in the beginning of the film on screen with the, the main credits, the Blu-ray, the making of the film and the digital download. And that's limited to just 10 maximum on that. Uh, the other and, thing I like about this is I, if you are someone who's interested, you said you can be included in the weekly Skype sessions to discuss the film. And thank actually you for reminding me of that. That's written that, in there. That's yeah. very important. Yeah. So for producers, executive producer level backers, you're going to be able to Skype with me um, weekly. Sometimes it'll be more than once a week, depending on what's going on. But you'll be able to get a behind the scenes, what's going on while I'm doing it. I'll be able to tell you about things. You'll be able to hear about things. I am highly collaborative. If you have an idea, uh, I'll listen to it. Doesn't mean I'm going to do it, but, but I will listen to things for sure. A director um, is ultimately, it is your vision. But yeah, I think that's a really cool for someone who would want, often we spend money for experiences. And I think this is a unique experience that if someone wants to do that, I think that would be pretty cool. Yep. They'll also get to see early cuts of things and 
things like that. Right. So they'll be able to see it actually taking shape as it comes together. So it's not, it's a year long process, right? Because I'll be filming uh, for several months, but then the editing starts and I'll still be doing it. I'll still be sharing information and meeting with people and letting them in on behind the scenes, pull the curtain back a little bit to see how this all comes together. And then the last one is for $5,000. That's the land of hopes and dreams. And that's an executive producer's credit. That actually is like first credits that you see on the screen. And there's only five available of those. Um, those are, our, are the, the reward platforms we have. So I think we have something on a lot of different levels for a lot of different people. And uh, hopefully they resonate with people. Yeah, and I, I did want to stress, you mentioned this in here, but you, you say this a couple of times, none of this is going to be spent on Bruce tickets. Very important. Very <laughs> yeah, important. I, it's I in am, the video. Yeah, yes, I can't stress I, that enough. Yeah. Um, I, can, I tend to follow the threads that come out and the themes as people yeah. talk. And so the way I get so many people into the film is because I cut it like a giant global conversation. What you find is you interview 25 people about Bruce Springsteen, 10 of them are going to have a very similar storyline, maybe five of them, but you'll have common themes that you can start. If you think about cutting it together, you can start, have one person start it, and then you can cut to a second person who brings the idea a little further, and then the next person brings it further, and it becomes the, literally a global conversation. And I don't want the film to lose that quality. That's very important to me. Uh, amen. Amen, my friend. All right. So this will go live on Monday, January 8th, correct? That's correct. We will have four weeks. Um, we have four weeks I, to reach $40,000. Yes. I will say that early pledges mean a lot. Because Kickstarter will pick campaigns that are getting buzz and everything, and then that helps the feeling. If you, as you see, you can donate for any amount you want, just because you believe in the project, that is any donation is helpful. And also share this with your social media, your platform, whether it's AKX, AKA Twitter, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram, whether it's just your buddies, you're talking like, hey, did you hear about this Kickstarter? Because this is going to be tramps like us, like the title says. This is what us Springsteen fans, everyone at East Street Nation pulling together to make this film that we all want to see. I couldn't say it any better than that. Uh, and that's really important to me. Just sharing it blows me away. Every time I, I go onto Facebook or Twitter and I see somebody sharing something, I'm just amazed that they're willing to do it, right? Yes. Um, but yes. that helps so much. It helps so, so much. So even if you can't make a pledge, but you believe in it, please do share it, post about it, talk about it, because that's how we get to the goal, is all of us working together, doing what we can. That's how we get to the goal. Absolutely. So we are going to have Dave back on two or three more times during the campaign. He'll be giving us updates on where we are at our levels. We'll probably do some deep dive about questions people have. If you want to send uh, a question to me at setlustingbruce at gmail.com, I will ask it. Dave, also there is a place on Kickstarter where you can make comments and ask questions. And 
how else can they reach you, Dave, if they have questions or want to reach you? Easiest way is to email me directly at Dave, D-A-V-E, at davidbarryfilms.com. That's David, D-A-V-I-D, Barry, B-A-R-Y, films, F-I-L-M-S.com. davidbarryfilms.com. And you will have a Facebook page. There will be a X or Twitter. There is handle, there already, right? there already okay. is a Facebook page and a Twitter page and an Instagram page as well. So you can reach out there as well. All right. And I will include all those in the show notes. It feels very weird to end a podcast without the Mary question, but I'm saving that for your, your <laughs> actual official okay. appearance. Okay. Is there anything that you think we need to cover before I let you go until we have you back on again. If I could just say to people, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this and to consider it. This is important to me and I hope it's important to you. For many of us, this is how we spent our entire lives. But I wanna say one thing, it doesn't matter when you get on the train, right? I don't think somebody who just became a Bruce fan is less of a fan than somebody like me who became a fan in 1980, right? We're all fans, okay? This is really for everybody. And this is our chance to tell the story uninterrupted, uninterfered with in a highly cinematic and a highly professional way. So if not us, who? And if not now, when? It's important for us to do this. This is historic. It will never happen again. Uh, and tomorrow is never a guarantee. So I, I really feel strongly that this is the time to do this. And I hope that enough people out there do too and that they'll support me in it. Jesse, thank you for opening up your platform to me so that I can speak to people because oftentimes just being able to hear somebody and see them makes such a difference. Facebook and Twitter, they're not personal, but this is very personal. And so hopefully people can see that I'm very real and authentic and this is really deeply important to me and it matters. So thank you. Dave, thank you for taking this project on. I know that this will be a labor of love and I'm excited to see where it goes, and I'm excited to be a small part of this. All right, so listeners, this is live as of now. Go to Kickstarters, search for Tramps Like Us. There will be a link in the show notes. Go to the Facebook page, like it, follow them on Twitter, AKX. Send questions to them either by his email address or mine, and let's make this happen. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, listeners. Everyone, be safe, be kind, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye-bye. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one the only said listening Bruce. The theme for Set Lessing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 